0: I was the first one cast, and they came to me, and they said, Shirley, how do you feel about your stepson, David Cassidy? Well, he didn't know that I was cast. He was standing on the stage, and I walked in. He turned around, and he said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm your mama.
1: Oscar-winning actress Shirley Jones. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Long before the world knew her as Shirley Partridge, Shirley Jones was an accomplished singer and actress, and in 1960, she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her role as a prostitute, a prostitute in the film Elmer Gantry. Now, in 2013, she wrote an autobiography, and that's when I met her and interviewed her and found Shirley Jones to be a remarkably not just warm and very pleasant and funny person, but kind of a sexy lady. And that, in fact, that's what her book was largely about, was her private life with her two great loves, Jack Cassidy, the late actor, and Marty Ingalls, the great comedian and actor. So here now, from 2013, Shirley Jones. Are you as bemused as I by the initial media reaction to this book? It's like the screaming headline is, (gasps) Adult Woman Likes Sex! I mean, (laughs) Stop the Presses! Well, it's
0: not that, that you know, any adult woman. The people that know me think they know me very well, as you well know. So, And the one thing that they didn't know about me was my private life. You know, they know me as a performer, and that's all, really. And it's been wonderful. I mean, I've had an incredible career, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. But I never talked much about, they knew I was married to Jack Cassidy. They know now I'm married to Marty Ingalls, and... I've never not been married. I've been married all my life. 18 years to Jack and 35 to Marty now. You know, so when Simon Schuster came to me and said, you know, how do you feel about writing a memoir and really telling everything about your marriages, your life, your childhood, you know, other than your career? And I thought about it for two minutes (laughs) and I said, you know what? I think I could do that now. I'm almost 80. I couldn't have done it 10 years ago, 25 years ago but I can do it now. This is the time to do it.
1: I thought as I was reading your book that I detected a little bit of that. I'm old enough now. I can do and say what I want That's to. Exactly Screw right. everybody.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly the way I felt. And, you know, I had a lot of, you know, even my husband said, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, and my kids said, mom, <laughs> you know. So I got a few, a few things like that. But I just knew that, you know, whatever I was saying, I've, you know, I've never been... Never done anything really wrong. I'm not a bad woman at all. I enjoyed both marriages. I was, you know, I was never unfaithful to my husbands. I adored Jack Cassidy. He was the love of my life. And I would do exactly what I did all over again if I had to.
1: By Hollywood standards, yours is a rather benign story. That's what
0: I thought too. (laughs) I'm glad you said that.
1: (laughs) what What a great tribute though to your ability as an actor that people so identify you with Shirley Partridge yeah. and Marion Peru that they can't imagine yeah. you would have sex.
0: <laughs> I know. That's the funny part. That's why, to tell you the truth, I said to myself, I have to show that I'm a real person here, you know, not, not just Mrs. Partridge and all those parts that I played, although I did win an Academy Award for playing a prostitute. <laughs> uh, so that showed a little side, you know. Um, but I thought I really have to explain who I am, you know, and and how I lived and my childhood and and all about it, and the fact that I've always been married and would always be married. I've never been unfaithful to my husbands, and have adored both of them, and still am adoring, you know. So, but you know, I'm not a, 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 a goody two shoes by a long shot.
1: <laughs> Nor are you a harlot. I mean, it's no, it's no. it's a nice in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. That's thank but, you. That's what I'm saying. I think.
1: I would like to channel Larry King for just a moment to ask you a question like he would ask. Are you an actor who sings or a singer who acts?
0: Well, that's difficult to answer because uh, I think I'm both. You know, I really think I'm both. In the beginning, I was a singer. Started out as a singer because I was singing when I was six years old. I was the youngest member of the church choir at age six. And so, you know, I was a singer, singer, singer. And finally, I, I took some acting classes in Pittsburgh and and dance classes and whatnot. But my dream in life was to be a veterinarian. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I adored animals, raised every animal known to man, you know, and wanted to be a vet, even though I could sing. But then I went to New York, did an audition on my way to college, you know, for Rogers and Hammerstein and their casting director, and never got to college, and suddenly was in my first Broadway show. And then I kind of realized, you know what? I'm not a bad actress either. <laughs> you know, so it started to blend together and then of course you know parts like you know uh, uh, lulu Baines and gantry came forth and after that thank god for that because you know being known as a singer they don't think of you as an actress and they had stopped making musical motion pictures basically and my career was virtually over and i went into television to prove that i could act that's what i did because it was a step down for a movie actor to go, to do television at that time and i did playhouse 90 and lux video theater you know all the live shows And Burt Lancaster saw my my Playhouse 90 that I did with Red Skelton called The Big Slide. And uh, that's how I got Elmer Gantry. And from then on, my career just took off, you know.
1: I gather on more than one occasion somebody in a the director and a fellow actor somebody said you know you're a natural don't yeah. don't change anything
0: yeah that's true that did happen to me so well when i went for the screen test for oklahoma you know they sent me to california my first trip to california to do the screen test i uh, i was in, had been in south pacific uh, for them the last 3 months of the broadway company and a show called me and juliet and uh, and then they finally sent me to California to do the screen test. And the director, Fred Zinneman, who was a famous director, wonderful movie director, thank heaven I had him for my first director because he was an actor's director. Some of them weren't, you know, and he was. And when I finished the screen test, he said, Shirley, he said, have you ever acted before a camera before? And I said, no. And he said, well, don't change a thing. You're a natural. <laughs> so from then on, it went that way.
1: You know, I also have to tell the other night, it was about a week ago there was an old rerun of Columbo on, yeah, and jack was on he played half of a mystery writing team who killed his partner I that know. kind
0: of thing. yeah, he always played a villain he did three three Columbos
1: you know it it taught me as because I was reading your book at the time, and I'm thinking I thought, I see it now, and there's no wonder i mean no wonder men and women alike fall for this guy right oh absolutely there's no doubt about it. it's so
0: true i mean you know everybody that met jack no matter what he was you know he'd walk into a room and i would just go and sit in a corner because i knew he'd be the center of attention which he was and i wanted him to be because i had the center of attention in the business so much you know i was the i was a breadwinner i was the movie star and so i would go and hide so he could take you know Take it from everybody, and everybody adored him in, in in a room, you know. And, of course, it's the same with Marty now, the red carpet. All Marty wants is the red carpet. When I'm not there, he takes a statue of me down the red carpet.
1: <laughs> but I gather from what you've written that, that trouble started... When you were nominated for the Oscar, it was at that point that Jack kind of realized, all right, maybe you are eclipsing him and he's no longer going to be the center yeah, of attention. Yeah, absolutely. There
0: was quite a bit of that then. And then, you know, when I won, I mean, he was thrilled for the, that I had won, of course. And, and, but it just then got even worse, you know. I mean, I had, then movies started to come in piece by piece by piece. I did 20 some odd movies after winning the award. And it just got worse for him, you know. Although his career started to go, and the unfortunate thing is, is that you know, because he was bipolar then, you know, and and then that started to take hold, and he was on drugs and alcohol too, and so it it just got it. it he just fell apart. But when he died, you know, at forty nine unfortunately it was just his career had just begun to take hold he started doing movies and that's what he wanted to do he did a thing with clint eastwood he did a thing with rod steiger where he played barrymore and he started to do movies and television and unfortunately it was you know he passed away and never got to really follow through
1: but i also find it very fascinating on a personal level leave show business out of it i find it fascinating that in your life you've been able to have such long and fruitful relationships with two such different personalities.
0: very much so, although they both have a sense of humor. See, Jack, as handsome as he was, as debonair as he was, and all of the above, you know, I mean, he was very funny. All of his friends were comics. You know, we'd go out to dinner, and then we every comedian in, in in town would be there. You know, so he loved comedy, and that's what got me more than anything else. You know, when I first met him, because we did Oklahoma together after I did the movie. That's how we met. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein sent a company of Oklahoma to Europe for Paris and Rome and so forth, and he was my leading man. And I remember everybody saying to me when they they found out that Jack was going to be my leading man in Oklahoma right after I did the film. They said, "Surely, be careful. He he's very handsome." He's very attractive. Women adore him. Just be careful. I got that from everybody. You know, don't don't let him get you. Well, boy, did he get me!
1: <laughs> but you hung on to him.
0: Yeah, I did. I stayed with him. Yeah, that,
1: that, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's what I find amazing too. Is that is that? And again, the, you know, we don't want to sugarcoat. There were some problems, oh, you know, sure, in the relationship. Yeah. But but you two stayed together for so long. Eighteen years.
0: Yeah, eighteen years. I was never not married. <laughs>
1: Now, you said when people ask you why you married him, and you said it's because his answer to the question, what would your ve- Valentine's Day dream date be? And he'd like Joan Collins and, and <laughs> Farrah Fawcett in a room, and then go dinner with you.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. I know. Well, he always made me laugh, you, you understand. I mean, every everything that I would ask him, everywhere we went, my our, my first date, and I hesitated in dating him even because everybody said, please, surely. You know, but they said that about Jack, too. So I said, you know, I didn't pick two wrong men. I'm the wrong one, you know. But my first date with Marty, he, he picked me up in a motorhome, a huge motorhome, okay, that he rented and had all the finest food from all the finest restaurants in Beverly Hills that he found out that I liked. The Brown Derby was still in operation there and had all the food in the motorhome. And, I said, and I, I said, what's this? He said, well, I'm going to, We're going to drive to the beach. I said, I'm not sleeping with you. No, no, that's not. I've got all the food that you want. You know, I got on And that's exactly what we did. And we sat and talked forever, and he brought me home.
1: And that was our first date. I'm also kind of, a, like, if, for lack of a better term, a Hollywood trivia junkie. So I love the little tidbits like, You were in line to be Carol Brady before Florence Henderson was. Oh, yeah. uh, and I didn't know that before.
0: I turned it down. <laughs> now, you don't regret that, though. Not at all. No, 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 no. I. First of all, you know, the agents and managers said, don't do a television series, surely, because if it is successful, you'll be that character for the rest of your life and your movie career will be in the toilet. And they were right about that, you know. And I was offered the Brady Bunch and I said, nah, I didn't. First of all, I didn't want to do that kind of character, the, you know, the housewife that taking the roast out of the oven and all of that. But when they offered me the Partridge family, I was the first working mother on television. And, you know, we had, I had a family that worked together, we had music. David was, my stepson, was starring in it as well. And I thought, wow, this is great. Yeah, And it gave me a chance to stay home and raise my kids who were school age then. I'd taken them all over the world on movie locations with a nanny, you know. And uh, we we lived in Beverly Hills, the best public school system in the country then. And it was a public school, so it was great. I moved to Beverly Hills because of that. And I stayed
1: home. You got the role of Shirley before David knew that you'd gotten it? yes.
0: Oh yeah. They came to me. I was the first one cast. And they came to me and they said, Shirley, how do you feel about your stepson, David Cassidy? And I said, why? They said, we're thinking of, you know, putting him in the role of Keith, Keith Partridge. And I said, that'd be great. He's wonderful. And they didn't even know then that he was the singer and, and, musician that he was. They knew that he'd done some of that, but you know, he'd done one Broadway show that closed the next night. And so, you know, they weren't sure about that part, but they thought he, apparently he had read and he was very good as an actor too. And um, I said he'd be wonderful. Well, he didn't know that I was cast. And I, he was standing on the stage, and I walked in. He turned around. He said, "What are you doing here?" I said, "I'm your mama." <laughs>
1: About 20 years ago, I had occasion to interview David for when he wrote uh, Come On, Be Happy, that right. little paperback yeah. book that he did. And I, he told me during that interview that he had been so stereotyped by the fans with the publicity machine cranking out all this Keith Partridge crap. That's right. The people he said – he began to f- – there was a paranoia. He said that they wouldn't like me for who I am, not Keith Partridge. And it's almost like, it's almost kind of what you've gone through. Yeah, exactly. And that's why he decided,
0: you know, finally to leave the show. I mean, he left the show. We, we might've gone on, but he was the one that wanted to leave. And we, it was four and a half years that we had been on. And he he said, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to, and you know, they couldn't do the show without him. So uh, he decided to leave, he went off to Hawaii and sat there for a year on the beach playing his guitar. Didn't want to see people, didn't want to, you know, he had that thing that happened. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it's remained with him somewhat, too, because he's having a hard time now, even, so, but he's still doing concerts all over. But he's getting a divorce, and, you know, he's having a lot of problems now. But that was the case, and, you know, becoming that kind of, you know, star you know, world star that he became wasn't easy, it's not easy for anybody
1: and it wasn't easy for him. So the whole idea of being stereotyped in their role, Shirley Partridge, Keith Partridge. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bob Denver was Gilligan. He had to live without the rest of his I life. Know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a, a curse and a blessing. The blessing is you're the star, you're on TV guy, the People magazine, but the curse is you got to live without the rest of your life.
0: That's right, and that's what he thought. And he didn't want to do that kind of music anymore. He wanted to do the real stuff that was out there. You know, all the other you know—the Elvis Presley and all those people were doing. He didn't want to be that character. And that's why he stopped. He, you know, that, that's not what he wanted to do. He was an incredible musician, and he still is. When you see his act now, he does a little of everything, but he still does a lot of partridge songs, too. So he's
1: still doing them, you know. Do you watch your movies when they appear on TV? Once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once and, and what do you think? I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> why not? Do you, do you look at it and you say, that was great. <laughs>
0: I say that about Gantry. I have to say, I say that about that, you know, because I love the movie. I mean, the movie's brilliant. Bert was wonderful. I loved him, and the director came to love me after a while, you know, and and went on to do another film with with uh, Richard Brooks, The Happy Ending with Gene Simmons. And so, yeah, I I I love that. I love that. I love The Music Man when I see it. I love the characters. I, I think it's a brilliant musical. You know, I think I've been in some very, and, and Carousel is my favorite score of all time. You know, when I do my concert, I open with If I Loved You and close with You'll Never Walk Alone. So, you know, I'm still singing those, that beautiful music.
1: Shirley Jones will be 86 years old next month. Marty Ingalls died in 2015. Shirley Jones' stepson David Cassidy died in 2017. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, as we continue Oscar week, Hollywood producer David Brown. Now you know David Brown's work. Jaws, The Sting, The Eiger Sanction, The Verdict, Cocoon, Driving Miss Daisy. I'll share with you my 1990 interview with the great David Brown next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.